Just a few hours, former FBI Director James Comey will answer some tough questions about his interactions with President Trump. Ahead of today's testimony, Comey released seven pages of his opening statement, and according to Comey, the president demanded one thing, loyalty. He writes, the president told him, quote, I need loyalty, I expect loyalty. Some senators believe that conversation proves that President Trump was trying to sway Comey to end the investigation of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, but the president's attorney claims victory, saying Trump feels vindicated. You're listening to The Devil's Advocate, where we talk about news and current events. I'm your host, Brandon Condit. And I'm also your host, Mitchell Hernandez. Our goal at The Devil's Advocate is to provoke thought by introducing viewpoints and information that isn't readily available in the mainstream media. It's in truth a conversation where an independent liberal, like myself, and an independent conservative, like myself, can share different viewpoints without the typical disdain for one another we see all too often in politics. So with that, let's get started. You solemnly swear to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Please be seated. Do you have any doubt that Russia attempted to interfere in the 2016 elections? None. There should be no fuzz on this whatsoever. The Russians interfered in our election during the 2016 cycle. They did it with purpose. They did it with sophistication. They did it with overwhelming technical efforts and it was an active measures campaign driven from the top of that government. There is no fuzz on that. It's not about Republicans or Democrats. They're coming after America, which I hope we all love equally. How unusual is it to have um, a one-on-one -on -one dinner with the president? Did that strike you as odd? Yeah, so much so that I assumed there would be others that he couldn't possibly be having dinner with me alone. Did you show copies of your memos to anyone outside of the Department of Justice? Yes. The president tweeted on Friday after I got fired that I better hope there's not tapes. I woke up in the middle of the night on Monday night, because it didn't dawn on me originally, that there might be corroboration for our conversation. There might be a tape. And my judgment was I needed to get that out into the public square. And so I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter. Didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. I'm not being facetious. I hope there are, and I'll consent to the release of... So both of you, both of you are in the same findings here. You both hope there's tapes and recordings. Well, I'm the, I, all I can do is hope. Uh, the, the president surely knows whether he taped me, and if he did, my feelings aren't hurt. Release the entire, release all the tapes. I'm gotcha. good with it. Was your decision influenced by the attorney general's tarmac meeting with the former president, Bill Clinton? Yes, in, in a ultimately uh, conclusive way. That was the thing that capped it for me, that I had to do something separately. And then you made a comment earlier about um, the attorney general, uh, previous attorney general, uh, asking you about the uh, investigation on the Clinton emails, saying that you've been asked not to call it an investigation anymore, but to call it a matter. And you had said that confused you. Can you give us additional details on that? Well, it concerned me 
because we were at the point where we had refused to confirm the existence, as we typically do, of an investigation for months. And it was getting to a place where that looked silly because the campaigns were talking about interacting with the FBI in the course of our work. The, the Clinton campaign at the time was using all kinds of euphemisms, security review, matters, things like that, for what was going on. We were getting to a place where the Attorney General and I were both going to have to testify and talk publicly about it. And I want to know, was she going to authorize us to confirm we had an investigation? And she said, yes, but don't call it that. Call it a matter. And I said, why would I do that? And she said, just call it a matter. All right. And we're back for another week of TDAP. Whoop, whoop. Um, the, the last one before a two-week break. Yay. That's right. Um, the, the real story there is not that we actually need a break or anything like that. It's just that, you know, WWE is coming to town, so we got ladder matches to attend. Um, so <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. We'll get into that later. Um, but obviously the big story um, of this week is Jake, James Comey testifying uh, in front of the Senate. Is it the um, yeah, Intelligence it Committee? Kind of a big so, deal. I, I'm pretty sure people were showing up to bars early in the morning to all get together and drink and watch it. So it was actually kind of a <laughs> fucking social movement thing. I don't. Did you hear about? I don't the get awesome, it. But <laughs> did you hear about the awesome uh, bar like drink specials? Some of those bars had like White Russians, um, <laughs> free White Russians, and uh, what was it? They one bar which the patrons had to be a little bit pissed off about because one of the bars um, offered a free, it was either a free drink or a free shot or something every time Donald Trump tweeted and nobody got shit for free. So So so, bummer. um, In theory, that's a great, great plan, but didn't pan out this time. It's a good business move and they got to steal all those people. Well, they didn't get to steal. They gave them alcohol. <laughs> they didn't steal their money. Um, right. But yeah, definitely, definitely a weird feel for this whole thing. This might be one of the, one, definitely one of the only Senate hearings that I can remember like damn near everybody stopping and watching. Um, right. Even and I, it- even I was at work um, and had that live streaming in my headphones. So, right. and even know. to have the general, you know, feeling be like, let's go grab a bag of popcorn and watch the Senate hearing. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, it really doesn't happen. Really crazy. That's so we predicted an- that nothing big was going to come out of it. Uh, a few things did actually come out of it. So yeah, there were, there was a little bit, there was a little bit of a little more than I stuff. figured we were going to get, uh, yeah. still nothing slam dunk in my opinion, but we'll go through right. it. Right. No, I didn't I didn't really think so either. I thought that uh you know, and and we had talked before the night before it happened and I mean, I think the I think the idea was like you're not going to get a bombshell because he knows Bob Mueller and he knows that investigation can't be hindered. So right. you're not going to get anything on TV, but we did get a little bit more than what we did know. And I've got um lucky lucky for our audience on YouTube. I've got the testimony here in my hand, and it's highlighted <laughs> color coordinatedly because I can make up words too. Um, so, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to go through the 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 opening statement, which he didn't actually read in the hearing. He released the night before the hearing, right? Um, on on that June itself had enough within it to really break it down. So that was kind of a good 
introduction to what we were going to get this whole time. So Right, right. So I'll go through that, at least the important stuff. Um, and and then we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit, and then we'll get into some of the questions that were asked in the testimony and some of the, some of the new information, even if it's not huge information, um, right. that came out of this. So, Let's do it. Uh, so, all right, here we go. The statement for the record, State or Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, James B. Comey, June 8th, 2017. Chairman Burr, Ranking Member Warner, members of the committee, thank you for inviting me to appear before you today. I was asked to testify today to describe for you my interactions with President-elect and President Trump on, on subjects that I understand are of interest to you. I have not included every detail for from my conversations with the president, but to the best of my recollection, I have tried to include information that may be relevant to the committee. So that's, that's his little intro right there. Now Mm -hmm. he starts to just jump straight into all of his interactions with Donald Trump. So January 6th briefing, I first met with President-elect Trump on Friday, January 6th in a conference room at Trump Tower in New York. I was there with other intelligence committee leaders, I see, to brief him and his new national security team on the findings of an IC assessment concerning Russian efforts to interfere in the election. At the conclusion of that briefing, I remained alone with the president to brief him on some personally sensitive aspects of information assembled during the assessment. Um, The director of national intelligence asked that I personally do this portion of my briefing um, alone because you oh because i because or no no i'm not i'm sorry <laughs> the director i that i jumped ahead the director of national intelligence asked that i personally do this portion of the briefing because i was staying in my position and because the material implicated the FBI's counterintelligence responsibilities. So we agreed that I would do it alone to minimize potential embarrassment to the president-elect. It was alone. I was thinking of the right thing. I've read this 14 (laughs) times, so I did jump ahead of myself, though. So that right there is interesting in itself, because right now we have an instance and i know like the reason i can talk about this is because i know what day this show is coming out and i know you already know all of this stuff audience but what's interesting here is that you have an instance where james comey initiates the alone time right Right. so if you want to be a conspirator there you go jump on that point um So then, you know, there's. I'm going to include this entire document in the comments as well as the entire 66-page testimony. Um, but I'm going to jump around because I, I pulled out the important stuff here, right? So Comey goes on to say that it is important to understand that the FBI counterintelligence investigations are different from the more commonly known criminal investigative work. The Bureau's right. goal in a counterintelligence investigation is to understand the technical and human methods that hostile foreign powers are using to influence the United States or to steal our secrets. Um, in that context, prior to the January 6th meeting, I discussed with the FBI's leadership team whether I should be prepared to assure the president-elect that we were not investigating him personally. That was true, and we did not have open we did not have an open counterintelligence case on him. We agreed mm-hmm. that I should do it if the circumstances warranted. During our one-on-one in uh 
meeting at Trump Tower based on President-elect Trump's reaction to the briefing without and without him directly asking the question, I offered that assurance. So, there you go, Donald Trump. You're right. Like, you were, you were told that you were not <laughs> oh, under no. investigation. One thing, yeah. And uh, I, th- I think it's the important thing because I, I – we're going to go through this whole thing, but really when it comes to the end of it, I think that's why he w- he fired James Comey. Is that it seems like he really had a boner for letting people know he's not under investigation. Comey kind of right. leads him on and saying, like, yeah, I'll get it out there. And then he doesn't. And then when he doesn't, I, he's like, dude. I think that your assessment and James Comey's assessment are probably pretty close on that one. Because, I mean, you've read the statement. You know how it ends. Mm-hmm. He basically goes on to say that. I've heard um, him say a few different things and see different quotes throughout this thing. And depending on which side it is, is what quote you hear. So it's kind of kind of goofed up. But, right. you know, that, that's my right. personal feelings is that that's why he was fired, is that he really – and you saw it whenever he fired him in the in the actual memo that he put out or whatever. It was like, despite you saying that I wasn't under investigation three whole times, <laughs> like he really had a boner for that to get out there. But right. and there's a good reason for it because I remember arguing with you about it, and you were like, "No, a fucking course he's under investigation." And I was well, like, "I don't know if he is." <laughs> and I think right. that there there was that misconception out there that well, he was automatically under investigation. And the re- well, the reason. I didn't – yes, I did take a hard stance on that. Um, soon thereafter, my my reason for thinking that was clearly if the campaign is under investigation, the guy at the top that's in charge of the campaign would be under investigation by association. It is his campaign. That, right. You know. So, but not necessarily. Now, right. And I was wrong about that, and and, and that's fine. Um he he does go on to say right after that, right after he assure what states that he assure offered that assurance, and that was the night that they talked about the the dossier. Um, oh, the that, piss party, the piss party <laughs> that came out. Um, so stupider and stupider, man. <laughs> fucking. So piss anyway. Party. I felt compelled to document my first conversation with the president-elect in a memo. To ensure accuracy, I began to type it on a laptop in an FBI vehicle outside Trump Tower the moment I walked out of the meeting. Creating written records immediately after one-on-one conversations with Mr. Trump was my practice from that point forward. This had not been my practice in the past. I spoke alone with President Obama twice in person and never on the phone, once in 2015 to discuss law enforcement policy issues and a second time briefly for him to say goodbye in late 2016. In neither of those circumstances did I memorialize the discussions. I can recall nine one-on-one conversations with President Trump in four months, three in person, six on the phone. Um, That struck me. Like, to me, and when was Mueller, or not Mueller, um, Comey hired on, 2013? mm Mm-hmm. And... I mean, he wasn't hired on. He was there. He took... Yeah, exactly. He took the position. yeah. That seems a bit weird that he says he only talked to Barack Obama twice and once as like a farewell, like when Barack Obama was leaving. Like to me, that that strikes me as kind of weird that, you know, the president and the director of the FBI just well, don't, don't ever talk to each other. That seems weird. It doesn't it doesn't strike me as weird, though, because Comey will go on to say in his testimony that like the typical practice there is that the president calls the attorney general right. or the DOJ and there's like a formal way of doing it. There is no, like kind of mediated. Right. 
so it's it's eh, bureaucracy. It still kind of struck me. Yeah, it just struck me a little. If if it's not weird that he talked to Barack Obama so few times, I guess it strikes me as weird that he talked to Trump so many times. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like that that seems out of practice. And I know that obviously well, there think, was a lot more going on. Right. And I think he thinks that's weird too. Yeah. Um which is probably why he's testifying. Um but you know, so that so that's January sixth. That was the first time they met and that was when both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were being briefed because they were both candidates for the president of the United States. So, right. you know, we, we know they get FBI briefings once they get. But into, why were they getting briefings if they weren't colluding? <laughs> right. Right. See, I see, I see what you did there. Exactly. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so that, so that was January 26th, January 27th was the, now infamous dinner that uh <laughs> that we really like honestly i think if it wasn't for this dinner this hearing would not be happening um because this dinner and the statements made about it i think are the reason that james comey ended up here um <laughs> granted i mean he got fired right so yeah, obviously well, i mean the big one that really that pissed them all off was the the next the next time that they met at the oval office where he said you know just can you see your way to let this go I think that's right. the one that, that we're having these hearings about because that's the one that James Comey yeah. leaked. We'll get to that, but like I said. Right. So, so but this dinner, dinner was obviously a big deal as well. It was. The uh, the president and I had dinner on Friday, January 27th at 6.30 p.m. in the green room at the White House. He called me at lunchtime that day and invited me to dinner that night saying that he was going to invite my whole family, but... Um, but decided to just have me this time with the whole family coming next time. It was unclear from the conversation who else would be at the dinner, although I assumed there would be others. It turned out to just be the two of us seated at a small little table. <laughs> it does seem that way, doesn't it? The way it's oh. written. He's, he's a good writer. Um, seated at a he's small a good novelist. Table, Don't say that. Like, <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um the president began by asking me whether I wanted to stay on as the FBI director, which I found strange because he had already told me twice earlier. Um, in tw- he had already told me twice in earlier conversations that he hoped that I would stay, and I assured him that I intended to. Um, he said that lots of people wanted my job, given and given the abuse that I had taken during the previous year, he would understand if I wanted to walk away. My instincts told me that the one-on-one setting and the pre and the pretense that this was our first discussion about my position meant the dinner was at least in part an effort to have me ask for to have me ask for my job and create some sort of patronage Ooh. relationship um that concerned me greatly given the FBI's traditionally independent status in the executive branch so let's see because the setup made me uneasy i added that i was uh, that I was not reliable in the way politicians use that word. Um, let's see. Somebody Sorry. calls for loyalty. Yeah, that's where I'm getting to. Um, he says a few months later, a few moments, not months. Yeah, that's that, what would I was like, make, what? that would <laughs> that would crack this whole thing open. 
Sorry, I've got a very confined space here, and I'm reading a lot of shit. Um, so it said, a few moments later, the president said, I need loyalty. I expect loyalty. I didn't move, speak, or change my facial expression in any way during the awkward the silence that followed. was a wrong my novel. face. It, it, it is a novel. Like, I felt a chill rise up my right back. Here. I thought, my God, is he really um, wanting me to say this? <laughs> we simply looked at each other in silence. Uh... Sweat dripped off his upper lip. I added that part. <laughs> the conversation then moved on, but he returned to the subject near the end of our dinner. Um, so basically, this this is the night where he is asking, or at least James Comey alleges that he is telling him that he expects loyalty from him. Right. Um, that it's seems not very the goal Donald of Trumpy. The, it, um, it's not even just Donald Trumpy. It's Trumpy. Like we all remember, whenever uh, Donald Trump Jr. came under fire, what was it? it? Was like some of one of his aides or something that had to miss his daughter's wedding so that he could go do something for Donald Trump, and he was like, "That's loyalty. We love loyalty." I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" Right. It came yeah, off as completely that's... narcissistic. I can't remember the exact tweet, but so that's very Trump. The Trump name and the Trump family are all about this loyalty. The, the thing that to remember is that it's not the FBI director's position to give loyalty to the president right. of the United States. So no, not at all. In fact, it like it's very much the opposite of what his job is. His job is to not give any. He's not supposed to be disloyal either. Neutral. He's supposed to just be neutral, right? Right. So, um, so let's see here. He goes on to say, Comey replied. Uh, you will always get honesty from me. He paused and then said, that's what I want. Honest loyalty. I paused and said, you will get that from me. Um, that reminds me of um, Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. It's like, <laughs> right. yeah. like You just took what right. you wanted to hear out of that, buddy, but fine. He, that, that's fine. He's, he, James Comey goes on to say, the term honest loyalty had helped end a very awkward conversation, and my explanation and my uh, explanations had made clear what he should expect. So, basically, James Comey is, t- like, and if I heard that, too, if, like, Donald Trump standing in front of me is like, Brandon, I want honest loyalty, like, sure, <laughs> wink, wink, I right. guess, what, um, yeah, so... So I don't know. He said he was um, – he also went on in the same dinner to say that he was considering ordering James Comey to investigate the alleged uh, dossier incident. Um, I replied that he should be careful with that because that could give the narrative that he's under investigation, which he was not. Um, so that's time two that he is assured that he's not under investigation. So as far as Republicans are concerned, well, case closed, right? That's a win. Case Let's wrap closed. This up. Like you just won <laughs> because one of the instances in this entire case was proven true right. for you. Um, so, so there's that. Then there's the meeting in the Oval Office on February 14th, which is what you were talking about earlier. The president signaled um, the end of a meeting that they were currently having by thanking the group and telling them all that he wanted to speak to me alone. Now, here's I stated a, my Here's chip. a quick question. Why the fuck was Comey there? If, he's, if it's so out of practice for him to be talking to the president... And well, it was a counter, it was a counterterrorism briefing. So on that February never 14th, happened for Barack Obama? You know what I mean? Like, it seems a little weird that he never met with Barack Obama, like, ever. And then apparently he's just chilling in the Oval Office with everyone else having a typical normal briefing. 
that strikes me as uh, weird. Doesn't necessarily well, mean anything, but has has uh, Jeff Sessions recused himself at this point? No, that was two weeks prior. No. This meeting was okay. two weeks prior to Sessions recusing himself. I gotcha. So yeah, you would think that. I mean, you. Would I don't. Think I don't know. If, it's just a question. I really don't know the answer. And I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. But I would assume that the explanation, if that's true, that he had never. Well, no. James Comey said that he. I think James Comey said that he met with Barack Obama alone twice. Right. I'd have to look at the exact statement because I remember whenever I heard it, it sounded like he had only met with. He'd never talked to him on the phone, and he had only met him twice in person. And I didn't and said this had not been my practice in the past. I spoke alone with President Obama twice in person, never okay. and never on the phone. So yeah, I guess that leaves it kind of open ended that he could have met it with him in in a meeting type. Setting. I would say that that gives it pretty close ended, and it's safe yeah. to assume that he did. Like he said, I never met with him alone more than twice. Right. So he clearly met with him more than twice. Um. So anyway, um. In this in this counterintelligence meeting, though, this is where the president signaled the end of the briefing by thanking the group and telling them that he wanted to speak to me alone. I stayed in my chair as the participants started to leave the Oval Office. Um, the attorney general lingered by my chair, but the president thanked him and said he wanted to speak with only me. Um, the last person to leave with Jared was Jared Kushner, who also stood up who also stood by my chair and exchanged pleasantries with me. The president then excused him saying he wanted to speak with me when the, <laughs> this is, I did is enough. I was paralyzed with fear. <laughs> when the door by the grandfather clock closed, uh, I noticed that too. We, I was like, what a fucking writer's thing. The curtains right, were green expressing his, <laughs> maybe he should just, maybe he should just finish game of Thrones since Martin's got writer's <laughs> black and he won't, he won't admit it. There you go. Um, so, it's coming, bro. He said he's so the president began by saying, I want to talk about Mike Flynn. Flynn had resigned the previous day. The president began uh, by began by saying Flynn, Flynn hadn't done anything wrong in speaking with the Russias, but that he had to let him go because he had misled the vice president. He added that he had other concerns about Flynn, which is why he, which he did not specify then. Um, the president then returned, or I'm sorry, I'm jumping forward because this is the important stuff. Um, to the topic. He's a good guy. He's been through a lot. He repeated that Flynn hadn't done anything wrong on his calls with the Russians, but had misled the president. I hope you can see your way to, I hope you can see your way clear on letting this go to letting Flynn go. He's a good guy. I hope you can let this go. I replied only that he's a good guy. In fact, I had a positive experience uh, dealing with Mike Flynn when he was a colleague as Director of Defense Intelligence Agency um, at the beginning of my term in the FBI. I did not say I would let this go. So then he goes on to say, I immediately prepared an unclassified memo of the conversation about Flynn and had discussed the matter with the FBI senior leadership. I had understood that the president would be requesting that we dropped any investigation of Flynn in connection with false statements about his conversations with the Russian ambassador in December. I did not understand the president to be talking about the broader investigation into Russia or possible links into his campaign. I could be wrong, but I took him to be focusing on... 
what had just happened with Flynn's departure and the controversy around his account of his phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're FBI a liberal, lead- you think he is wrong, and he was telling you to not investigate Russia. What do you mean? Oh, no, I I don't think that. I take Comey at his word here. He is... <laughs> He is under oath. He's been wrong before. Um, So the FBI leadership agreed with me that it was important to not infect the investigative team with the president's request, which we did not intend to to, of which we did not intend to abide. Um, We also concluded that giving that it was a one-on-one conversation. There was nothing available to corroborate my account. We concluded that it made little sense to report it to Attorney General Sessions, who we expected would likely recuse himself from involvement in Russia-related investigations. He did so two weeks later. The Deputy Attorney General's role was then filled with by acting in an acting capacity by United States Attorney, um, who would also not be long in the role and you might ask yourself why did they think jeff sessions was going to recuse himself because they were leading an investigation in the trump campaign no shit um (laughs) and so so that makes perfect sense they knew he was gonna it it makes perfect sense not to report it to him i don't know if it i mean it kind of doesn't like he was supposed to do that if he really felt very strongly about it to be like well we'll see like I mean, well, we can't say that James Comey is not uh, known for judgment calls. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, he likes to put it out there. Um, so that's, he that, said that's fine. Like he didn't, he doesn't have to. I mean, again, it, it has, it was just his own personal feelings. So you know, I think it's a little weird right. that he didn't. Uh, but honestly, I think a lot of things that James Comey does is kind of weird. But, but it doesn't mean that they're bad or James, that he's doing anything nefarious with it yeah just, just. i think the weird thing about james comey is that he um is that like i do think he likes the camera and i think that's I unique i think that's unique to an fbi director typically that is not the personality that you put in that job or want in that mm-hmm. job uh, well he's articulate and on top of being artic- articulate he also is a good writer and he's yeah, kind of showcasing where he's at <laughs> and and you know i mean he likes talking to the cameras. He he likes to go off. He's kind of an open book where whatever he's feeling, he's going to let people know. He makes these judgment yeah. calls off of his feelings rather than, you know, maybe all of the evidence or facts presented. Uh, so he's kind of a weird guy. I'm kind of glad he's gone. But, you know, we'll yeah, see. I mean, I mean, Bob Mueller seems like he's kind of more uh, positioned. Um, I mean, obviously, he's just doing the investigation, but... Well, and he's doing a separate, I mean, Bob Mueller's deal is, Bob Mueller's deal is a criminal investigation. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I guess the FBI is too, but no, I guess it's the same thing. I, I guess I just <laughs> trust Bob Mueller. I trust Bob Mueller more than I trust Because we haven't seen him. Like, since he's been appointed, I have not seen him. And, right. and it, I, I know and that I, if Comey was the one that was appointed, you would have seen him. <laughs> right. You know? And I know, I know that uh, just the fact that him leaking the thing shows that he's kind of a slave to his emotions. He felt, you know, he felt um, blindsided by being fired, and it wasn't appropriate. And so he tries to get back at him and releases. I don't his know stuff. if it's that. Like honestly, I honest, I do take Comey at his word when I like. Yes, I think it's personal. I clearly think it 
like he was upset about it, mm-hmm. but I do take him at his word when he says, I leaked that because he was defaming me, and I wanted to make sure that my story was out. <laughs> like, I honestly think that had Donald Trump not called him a nut job and completely yeah. shit all over his career, I think that maybe Comey, I don't know that Comey would have gone away for a long time, but like, right. do you think that was the right thing for know. him to do? Do you? Well, that's an easy out. You just put it back on me. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it was the right thing to do. Um, right. Only because... I put it back on you because you're the Edward Snowden, the <laughs> Julian Assange supporter. You love WikiLeaks, so right. it's going to be really hard to explain this one. No, it isn't. Because when it comes to Edward Snowden and WikiLeaks and things like that, these are kind of important things. And especially whenever you looked at, um, what do you call it, uh, Chelsea Manning. Like We all agree that we wanted to see the helicopter footage. I mean, that footage was important. I understood where those guys were coming from. I understand that they got it wrong also. But the problem with, with the Chelsea Manning is that she released all that other classified information. So it's hard to... Right. So that's hard to it. This kind of just seemed vindictive. There really wasn't anything to it. There's nothing in it other than conjecture based off testimony. So it's... The only... It's not really like anything. He's not leaking anything vital. It just brought all this speculation up. And then you had the New York Times and the Washington Post run with it. And now we've got impeachment. That was the first calling for impeachment after this memo came out. And it's all based off conjecture of testimony. Right. Well, I don't think that we're going to I don't think we're going to have to wait too long. Um to start talking about impeachment. Because They've been talking about Donald it since Trump, day one, so I'm sure yeah, they're trying. Yeah, but it. we have not seriously been talking about it. People who are smarter than one guy who's calling for him to get impeached because he blew his nose and threw the napkin on the ground. <laughs> um, the the thing is, though, if when Donald Trump gets cocky after James to- Comey's testimony and says, I'll testify under oath 100%, please, <laughs> please do that. Because you're just... Like you, you is, made the oh point. Oh God, that's you gotta can be the lead, dumbest thing ever. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't, can't make, make the drink. dumb motherfucker drink. So you can lead, yeah. You you can hand tie this whole thing up. You can show him every poll that says, "Hey, shut your fucking mouth," and you win. No, he called me a liar. I'm gonna, t- <laughs> I'm gonna. Right. That's the, the one thing you rocks. can't do. The one, the he, only thing you can't do with the FBI is tell a white lie. Donald Trump is known for white lies. Like usually, right. the left in my opinion, makes way more out of his little insignificant stupid lies than they should. This is the one place where you can't do that. <laughs> like, this isn't Twitter. Right. This isn't your Facebook. This isn't a campaign speech in Pennsylvania. This is the FBI, the Federal Bureau of yeah. Investigation. You can't tell them the curtains are brown when they're black. They will arrest you. So right. <laughs> good luck, Trump. I so, think you're fucking doing the wrong thing on this one because he, he can't help himself. He's going to say right. something that's not true. And, you know, whether it's important or not, it's going to probably come back and bite him. So, Right. No, I, I agree with you. So I'm actually going to uh, just put the rest of this document in the comment section because, um, because I think that's the majority of the good stuff that we ended up – that we got the night before. Mm-hmm. There was one more time because I've already told you two of the times where he, um, where he acknowledged that there was no – investigation into donald trump the the next instance of that was on the next meeting on march 30th the phone call where the president asked why there had been a congressional hearing about the russia about russia the previous week at which i had 
as the Department of Justice directed me to do, confirmed the investigation into possible coordination between Russia and the Trump campaign. I explained the demands from the leadership of both parties in Congress for more information and that Senator Grassley had even helped uh, held up the confirmation of Deputy Attorney General until we briefed him on the detail of the investigation. I explained that we had Sorry, I lost my spot. I explained that we had briefed the leadership of Congress on exactly which individuals were we were investigating and that none of those were Donald Trump. So Michael Flynn. and that was that that was me paraphrasing by the way if you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um but I I put the rest of this document in the comments. This is just the briefing before the testimony. Mm-hmm. That's what took 31 minutes for us was <laughs> just just the night before statement. Right. Um so obviously the 66 page testimony is going to take a minute. Um and let's jump in. I'm not going to read from all of it. I will put the 3-hour video in the comments and I will um and I will put the document as well so you can read it, the transcript. Um, but let's talk about what we know right now. So there we have some claims of... And by the way, everything that was just read was testified to under oath. So you know, I don't have right. to go through here and tell you when he said it to Marco Rubio versus Dianne Feinstein. Mm-hmm. What, I will, what I will say is that like... Everything that was just read. Trump's not under investigation. He told him that three times. This dinner um, took place, and Donald Trump was the one who made the arrangement, and all of this nonsense, that's all under oath. Right. So now, the one you thing take that him I, at his word or you don't. I don't right. think you can Donald Trump it and pick and choose everything he said that are, that agrees with me was great <laughs> and everything else was bullshit. Right, and um, I don't think that. I think that Comey believes every word that he said. I also get a little irritated by the arguments that I've been seeing where it says, dude, Comey was under oath. Of course he wasn't lying. I'm not saying that he's lying. I just think that's a poor argument. Whenever someone's like, I, mean, I, think I so promise too. I'm not lying. Oh, well, shit. Right. I guess he can't be lying. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. you still can't. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I I totally agree with you. Shit. That's kind of a shit argument. That's all, first, that's all I'm saying. first of all, Donald Trump's going to do it in a, like, yeah. whenever he does oh, well, it. He he's going to lie under oath. He said under oath. I swear to God. No big deal. So, <laughs> right. Bill Clinton lied under oath. Right. You know, you should have like, just said I got a blow jibber. It felt great. I'm still running the country. Vote for me. Right there, you go. Just because president just because for life. That probably would have got him. That probably would have <laughs> got him more votes in the election that he didn't have yeah. to have. Um, well, you so, know what the Republicans were saying because there was a huge controversy with uh, between him and cheating on Hillary and whatnot running into the election. Like he was supposed to be a dead candidate in the water, much like the grab him by the pussy thing. Like, he was not supposed right. to win at all. And then he ended up coming back and playing the saxophone and being awesome. And so he won. So, you know, the Republicans were saying the same thing when the Monica Lewinsky thing happened. Is This is what you voted for. You knew this was going to happen. So, right. <laughs> very yeah, similar no. situations. It, yeah. Just because the man is under oath doesn't mean that he's telling the truth. But if you watch it and if you read it, and I just think he's too smart to lie. Like, I think he's articulate. And I don't want to put anything past. I think that we got to re- remember that this is testimony. 
Testimony is not evidence. And even if someone comes up and says, yeah, that's the way it goes on, that's just corroboration of testimony. It's still not evidence. Right. And so I think that we still need to, to come at it with sober eyes and say, yes, this man is very articulate. Yes, he's well-spoken. Yes, he's well-read. Yes, he's well-written. But that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that he can't be lying. And I don't think he's lying. I don't want to put that out there. I just don't want to d- disclude that from a possibility. You know what I mean? Right. You don't want to give him a pass. Yeah. And I get that. And that that's fine. Um, so let's talk about some of the new stuff that came out of this because a lot of a lot of the entire um, the entire testimony was just that stuff being asked about over and over again. So on the night that you had uh, dinner with the president, blah 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 blah. Did his lip quiver? Like yes, no, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know. So it was. Was it, it was romantic? A lot of that. Was it candlelit? Oh, you got some of some of the some of the um, senators surprised me a little bit because, first of all, there were some that I didn't know were going to go to. OK, here's what's not surprising. Senators, depending on what, right, depending on what side they wanted to be the truth, they asked questions accordingly. Right. Right. So there's like two pages of this testimony. Uh, out of all of the pages of this testimony, I have highlighter on like almost every single page except for two, and that and those two I can't remember her name. Um, Diane Feinstein. It was some dem- no, it wasn't. Uh, Diane Feinstein did all right. I thought she asked a couple of good questions. She's actually she, called for an investigation into Loretta Lynch, which I thought was blindsided me. That happened today. She, I think she did. I think she did ask some questions about. Um, Loretta Lynch and I think yeah and I I do think she too like kind of shit on Comey a little bit was like why didn't you when the president told you that uh I hope you can find your way to blah 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 let this thing go like why didn't you tell him that that's not appropriate like yeah well there's a lot of uh, instances where he probably should have said that's not he he kind of assumed kind of like the whole you know I want to see you personally and then he doesn't move he doesn't speak he sits in his chair perspiring like, right. instead of saying, that's inappropriate, no, I think that we need to bring Jeff Sessions back in. Like, right. and then afterwards, he comes to Jeff Sessions and was like, that's inappropriate, you should never let that happen. Why didn't you sit, speak up and say it whenever... So there is a lot of things here, you know, and that he probably should have done. And for some reason, he just kind of didn't. And then he wrote well, very eloquently think, about how horrified he was while it was happening. It was like, well... I think, too, that that's the one part... That's the one part that I like if I'm going to have trouble with his testimony at all, the one the biggest thing that I have trouble with is believing that James Comey was it's one thing to be intimidated, which I don't even know if I buy if I buy that, yeah. but to take it that step far that step further and be like I was cowering. I was shaking. I was sad and depressed while this was happening. <laughs> I like, was concerned. Everything concerns James Comey. Like he comes yeah. home and like, it's a bag of popcorn and there's one kernel that didn't but pop at the end. He's like, I'm too, concerned. In in fairness to any investigator, probably everything concerns them because they're yeah. looking for shit. Like they're looking for yeah, you know. So, um, but no, what I was saying a couple minutes ago, we got off track. Was that that certain senators acted as you would expect. The two pages um, that I don't have a highlighter on, 
surprisingly aren't John McCain's stroke. Um, they're actually <laughs> Senator, <laughs> Senator uh, Kamala Harris, who is clearly a Democrat, and asks <laughs> questions like, well, first of all, this is the best opening ever, and for comedic effect, I will have to read it because it's really happened in the United States government. Um <sighs> You and I are both former prosecutors. I'm not going to require you to answer. I just want to make a statement that in my experience of prosecuting cases where a robber held a gun to somebody's head and said, I hope you will give me your wallet. The word hope was not the operative word at the moment. (laughs) Like, what? That is unbelievable. And both sides did it. Like, they do these... Both sides did either super softballs or, like, ridiculous fastballs out of nowhere and you're like dude you're just making shit up right now um and then there was john mccain's stroke yeah um but you know so so they both did that but i thought some of the interesting things to come out of this that we didn't have or that i don't think the public had the full information um it was like the loretta lynch stuff the Mm -hmm. The so when it, Loretta, yeah, when it came to the Loretta, uh, Loretta Lynch thing, apparently he said there was two times that it made him because that was the big story is why did you feel the need to kind of do all these things publicly? Like when it came to Hillary Clinton, when it came to all these things, why did you have a press, you know, call a press briefing and then get those things? And he said it was two times. One was obviously the meeting with Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton on the tarmac that gravely concerned him, of course. And then the other time was that Loretta Lynch told him to address the Hillary Clinton investigation as a matter and not as an investigation. And Right, which he said, which he was, yeah, he said that wasn't cool. Um, <laughs> not cool. Now, not cool. Now, he did, now he did go out and say that it was a matter, but his explanation for going out and saying that it was a that calling it a matter instead of an investigation, his argument was, I know how the media in this country works. So uh, he said, I knew that the second I went out and said, we're looking into this matter, they were going to say investigation. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And well, I think an he even went on. Right. It was, <laughs> but, and it should have never been called a matter. Yeah. And that the only, he said his explanation for why he, went up and called it a matter instead of an investigation was because it would be called an investigation anyway. He also went on to say that the people, um, that the majority of people in the media and the people like leaking stuff to them and whatnot, like for those media people that are just going to pull a story and run with it, I'm kind of getting off. I'm taking this to another level. This kind of goes into the fake news thing, Mm -hmm. but he said like, you know, First of all, nobody knows anything. And the people that do know and, and that know things can't talk yeah, he about said, them. Right. The people that do know things can't talk about it, and people that know nothing are the ones shouting about right. it. So, he kind of you know, shut media, that whole shit down gonna, when it came to those those stories. He basically said that they were completely false. And right. w- what we saw subsequently from it was at least twice. I heard three times, but I can only think of twice that CNN had to retract uh, stories that they ran. I know the Washington Post had to do the same thing in the New York Times. They had to retract stories. I don't think the Washington Post did it. I don't think that they ever updated their story like the other uh, news outlets did. Like normally, you know, you've got like a YouTube video that comes out and it's got or a tweet or something and it's totally fucking wrong, but it's got four million, you know, retweets. 
And then right. you put out a, a subsequent one that's like, hey, yeah, I guess that was wrong. And it's got like 750,000 retweets. Doesn't sell as well. <laughs> you know? Right. It's way more people that yeah, don't that have is... the correct information. But. Well, and that's a huge problem with. That's a huge problem with the way that our media works now. And a lot of it. And the, I blame social media for that because it's so easy. Yeah. Like if People I wanted to go consp- if I wanted to go conspiracy style and just run a website like that that like constantly puts out the wrong mm-hmm. information but then goes back the next day and corrects it like I could have the entire population believe in some bullshit right. because I know that they're only looking at it once. Well, and I wouldn't just you know? I wouldn't just blame it on social media. The, the major news outlets are doing this as well, and that's why you see so much confidence being lost in the major news outlets because they do that same shit. Where they put out stuff that they know isn't true or extremely, you know, f- so much of it is is so biased and based off conjecture and this and that and the other. And then they don't re- they don't update it once it's out of the 48 news out. You know, they just don't do a correction. And right. It, so people get upset. Well, and the problem, too, and I think, like, if we didn't have a 24-hour news media, then there would be less of that people would actually yeah. have to take the time to do journal like let's say and i'm not saying obviously i don't think we should make a law or anything because put them all like in jail hampering the hampering the press right lock them up but i think that i think that like if we had a more normal like hey the news is on for like eight to ten hours a day and then it's like non-profit shit or something like that mm-hmm. like other people can buy into the channel's time and run other shit but the news is only on for you well, that's know, why people eight to ten to twelve hours a day. Honestly, people then, aren't watching. Like when it comes to these big things, and the reason why, like Antifa, if you watch the mainstream news, I don't know if people aren't watching because if you since we did the Fox, CNN, MSNBC story, Fox is ratings are just plummeting through the ground, and CNN and MSNBC's ratings are skyrocketing. Yeah, but the actual so people, people that are, are on the ground reporting this it. on social media, their numbers are are way bigger. On when you scale it up and you add them all together, people want don't give a shit. If you like, I said, if you've been watching mainstream media, you don't know what Antifa <laughs> is. They don't even matter to you because they're not being reported. But the people who are going to these mm. rallies and reporting them and live streaming them, there there's a lot of people from our generation and the younger generation now that just aren't turning on the mainstream media because they're plugged into the real source. They're watching it in real right. time. So I think that that. That adds a big layer to it when it comes to this this type of stuff. Now, obviously, there's things like this that are going to be playing that you're going to need to go to C-SPAN and, and things like that to watch it on ver- right. on more traditional channels. But like I said, I yes. mean, you saw just all it takes is one testimony from James Comey to send all the the mainstream media Literally, to go to do retractions. Like, dude, it was insane. Here's what's crazy is that like I was working um, when this all happened when the testimony happened and first of all i downloaded iHeartRadio, which i never had before that i just i got it so that i made sure i didn't miss this so that mm-hmm. and now i'm a i'm a hyper political guy right so like it makes sense for me to do it but what was crazy was that it was like the radio station i was listening to it on was a local st louis radio station that i listened to commonly Mm -hmm. so i know their lineup i know how so after they played the entire three hours i assume they go back into normal normal broadcasting right like their normal schedule Mm -hmm. no it was like they gave everybody the day off like so the (laughs) comey ended three hours later and all of a sudden on a talk radio station they're playing like uh 
Def Leppard's greatest hits or some shit. Like, they are literally playing, like, 80s rock music for 20 minutes because nobody was at the studio. Everybody's just, like, sitting down, wanking off to this or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, but, you know, it was it, it's just crazy because I cannot remember – I can't remember, at least in my 30-year history, a time where we had – I mean, I guess other than Bill Clinton was probably – Bill Clinton was probably yeah. As, well, the only thing that, as I don't think it was that big. The only thing I remember when the whole thing happened, whenever I was a kid, for Bill Clinton, because we were young. Like full disclosure, we're like thirty years old, and when that shit right. happened, we were very we were too young for politics. Basically, I remember right. the jizz dress. That was like the one thing I remember just <laughs> yeah. turning on the news the and them holding up a fucking <laughs> dress with a big ass stain on it, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" What is that? That's gross. You can only imagine um, that, that it was, if social media and everything was, was you know, as big as it was now what then. What the PC culture was as big as it was now? Yeah. Like, people would be freaking out. Like, holding up a jizz dress. <laughs> like, there'd be lawsuits to the federal government for even holding that up. Like, <laughs> that teaches my daughter that she should just take it. Right. Oh, feminist. Um, that's anti-dry cleaning. Sorry. <laughs> you just throw feminists under the bus in the middle of something that's totally not related. That's uh, totally fine. Um, so anyway, to to kind of wrap up the James Comey thing, like, what do you first? Well, no, I want. I've got two more points. In my earlier point about how Democrats were at times throwing softballs, they didn't all. They didn't all do that, and there were some good questions. There was good, some good information that came out of this, mm-hmm. um, but. Marco Rubio, dude, what the hell? Like, I didn't know you liked President Trump so much. This dude <laughs> was like a freaking attack dog on James Comey. Um, he was like, he was like, so you didn't tell us that, uh, or you wouldn't, you refused to tell the country that, uh, he wasn't under investigation, blah, 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 blah. And James Comey is giving his answer. Yeah, dude, like, the reason why, which, again, we can debate this, is a James Comey judgment call, but he said the reason why is because we were investigating the Trump campaign, right? So if we unturn the right rock and now we're investigating Donald Trump, now I'm going to have to come back out in front of the cameras no, and just tell kidding that <laughs> now now we are and he's like and i've already lived that i don't want to do that again right um which i understand that um but i don't know that he had it's also his bad for basically telling donald trump that he was gonna do something like that like in that first one where he was like you know could you there's a conversation that comey admitted to where he donald trump is like you need to All let right. people know so, oops to- sorry guys this thing's going off here <laughs> but <laughs> uh oh, studio mistake. I know studio. Sorry guys, but how can you be talking behind yourself? I don't know. It's the magic. It's movie magic here. But that, that's <laughs> weird. Basically, with him telling him like you need to let the people know that I'm not under investigation, and then James Comey being like, "Oh yeah, I'll get on that." And then he never did. I mean, it. he didn't say it that way. He didn't say. He it said that like, way. "I'll, I'll not, do what I can." Let's or not he said, act like he, he said, said something yes, like that. Yes, bro, I got you, dog. Yeah, like no. He basically, he was, he was like, "Hey, tell people that blah 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 blah. I'm not under investigation." And James Comey was like, "Right." I'm pretty sure the direct quote was, I, "I'll do what I, I can." Gotcha. 
Um, right, which, I mean, yeah. I That's mean, like what you say when you like don't dick- really want to say you're not going to someplace, and some guy's like, are you coming? <laughs> right. You're like, dude, you know, I'll probably be there. I might see you. Right, I'll do, I'll do what I can. Oh, guess what? I couldn't. Right. You know so, that you're not going. You don't know that they know right. that you're not going. And right. you know what I mean? So I think that, that, and then that's what happened two weeks later is apparently Donald Trump called him up and was like, dude, what the fuck? You said you were going to do this shit and you didn't do it. And then he said, hey, you need to talk yeah, to the DOJ. I mean, and then, Amer- then he gets I do fired. Think, I do think personally that, that that's why he got fired. Yeah. Um, I really hope Donald Trump I, did I, say I, it that way. Dude, what the fuck? Come on. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so I so I don't know. I, I didn't have a problem with Comey's testimony. I There were some things that, you know, make you question why James Comey did things a certain way. There are definitely things that make you question why Donald Trump did things a certain way. Yeah. And I don't think Paul Ryan's after-the-fact excuse of, oh, he's new at government, so he can just suck at it. Like, he, <laughs> he applied for the job. You can't just come out and tell me, oh, guys, he's got a, you know... He's got to break into this. Like, no, he he applied for the job. I'd be careful on and that. This is a, History tells us that people who are just unqualified at the beginning can come up to, to do great things. I'm looking at Lincoln. Everyone said that he had right. no business being a commander-in-chief because he had literally zero experience, and he did a lot of bad mistakes at the beginning. Towards the end, he was in real time because of the telegraph telling generals how to fight their battles as they were being fought in the South. Yeah, but if you're if you're at all comparing Trump to Lincoln, like get the fuck I'm comparing out of him here. in this sense uh, that like just because he's he's not great at it right now because he ne- hasn't had any experience in public governance or anything doesn't mean he's not going to be able to get the job later. Look, man, all I'm saying is is Paul Ryan going to come out when he accidentally didn't know the red button launched that <laughs> missile and be like, "Hey, man, like, look, well, he's that's new a bit at of a it." So like, there's just no, there's just no North Korea anymore. <laughs> Problem solved. Well, um, you know, hey, what are you gonna do? Right. So all I'm saying is that's not a valid excuse. You can't, you can't tell, you can't sit there and tell me that like, ah, uh, he's an outsider. We want to drain the swamp. We're gonna get this guy into office, which I know Paul Ryan didn't. But no, you can't Paul Ryan then come out and Trump. make like he was you not. You can't come out and make excuses for why he sucks at his job because he hasn't done it before right. well yeah no shit that's why half of us didn't want him i would to also argue that job. he doesn't suck at his job <laughs> like when it comes to d- did he know the protocol of you're not supposed to tell jeff sessions to get out of the room and for coming to do it i don't know that it seems like a rookie mistake to make did he know the protocol that you're not supposed to give the russians classified information oh you're gonna pull that out that's not even true wait a wait a that's grab, not even not true fake news that's, there Really, it's fake because it doesn't agree. No, with they your, came out and said that it wasn't opinion. fake news, that it wasn't classified information. It was everything that they, they talked about was obviously. We even covered it. We went over that there was, was stuff that was already out. Didn't give them classified information. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Was that one of the stories that was retracted? I told you I didn't know the stories that were retracted. So no, I'm sure they've like, forgotten about that one. But um. So like that that I admitted that from the get go. Like, dude, I don't know. I haven't been watching CNN. I've been highlighting a damn testimony for four it's days. It's never a bad so, thing when you're not watching uh, CNN. So. <laughs> right. So you know, my my bad. I didn't watch the fake news to hear the correction. There you go. Um, so anyway, but you know, I think that wraps up. Actually, let's wrap up the Comey segment <laughs> with what the f- what happened, John McCain? Like, are you kidding me? I like, had so a mild my, stroke. No big I deal. I need to read. 
I need to read where I get to the testimony. I can actually show. I I mean, the thing about John McCain is I remember back whenever in 2008 when we were like, man, I don't really want to vote for Barack Obama. This wasn't me because I did vote for Barack Obama. But I remember people saying, I really don't want to vote for Barack Obama. I want to vote for John McCain, but I really don't like Sarah Palin. And he looks like he's about to die at any moment. (laughs) Right. So my notes, actually, I just just smashed all the people on YouTube with notes. And, like, I was really bad at getting them in the camera the right way. But (laughs) um, so, like, as my notes, and I'm not even going to read you his statement because, like, there's doesn't make sense. You're not going to gain anything from it. Um, He asked a a bunch about Hillary Clinton. Sort of like he didn't even bring her up. He just started saying her. Like, odd, at right. odd times, he was like, so if you like, ever the president, because her, when you saw that, was what right. you did, right? What? He seemingly <laughs> slid into dementia, like, 15 <laughs> seconds into his into his question. He did. So, I mean, but, but my notes are, WTF, McCain. <laughs> bunch of question marks, bunch of explanation right. points. And if you want to... OMFG, <laughs> and my favorite one... I think McCain is actually dead at this point. <laughs> um, because, like, dude, this like I couldn't even do anything with, with his questions. They should have just put him in the old folks' home before before they even started the right. hearing. The greatest, the greatest thing about McCain, too, is that his explanation for his horrible line of questioning was that instead of preparing for the biggest hearing in the <laughs> his the history of his job right. he was up watching diamondbacks baseball last night go diamondbacks sorry dude but <laughs> that's almost that's almost like saying hey right. he's never done well, this before the, so the first half, let him fuck it up in the first half of his whole explanation basically alluded to the fact that everyone else was dumb as shit but it, he was like <laughs> i understand yeah. that, that my questioning went over people's heads no it didn't we were doing just no, fine. We had three hours of intelligent conversation and investigative you know, questioning. You came out and put four sentences hodgepodge together while shitting yourself and then told everyone else oh that they God. were too stupid to understand it. Was, it. That, w- that was absolutely hilarious, too. So if you, like, if this was your first congressional hearing that you've ever watched, um, by the end of it, I mean, you were probably intrigued at some point, but by the end of it, you were probably like, oh, my God, this is a lot of legal talk. Thank God John McCain got to close the show because I, like... You're the anchor, bro. Do your homework. James Comey is literally like... I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> like you're you're talking about two different investigations. You keep talking to me about them like they're the same thing. One was about emails and was concluded on July 5th. The other <laughs> one was about collusion. Like what? Right. What the hell point are you trying to make? Um, he didn't know. It, it was just no. He didn't know. He yeah, like if you want to have a good time, like that, go ahead and watch a compilation of other senators' faces while he's giving that <laughs> that question. Uh, yeah, I'll find that. So I'll find that. Put that in the comments. Yeah, too, they all look incredibly confused. It, they look like everybody at home in this country who was watching live was like, <laughs> what the fuck? "My fiance." Stacy, who do, who like is not, she does not get into the whole politics thing. She does not like that is not her bag at all. Um, I guess because I had it recording at home while I was working, I get a text in the morning. She is like, 
what the hell is happening to John McCain? <laughs> I'm listening to it on the radio. Like, first of all, I didn't even expect her to be watching it. But, like, you know it's bad when somebody who doesn't yep. really – it's not that she doesn't care. It's that she doesn't follow it day by day by day by second by second like we do. Um is like, dude, seriously, like this guy needs a nurse. Like somebody needs to somebody <laughs> change his some, diaper. Like, somebody needs to go in there and handle this because this guy is having a right. moment. All so, I can say is time um, makes fools of us all, man. <laughs> like it's probably his time yeah. to just step on down. And look, I respect John McCain. He, he's done great things I, for our country. I don't but like, like John McCain. I think that he's a chode bucket. I respect. I res- you don't have to like him as a senator. You yeah. can respect him as a person. Um, yeah. I mean. He did fight a war for you. That, that's so, fine. Yeah, I guess so. He did those those cool things, and that, that's great. But then he turned into a crazy dude. <laughs> I don't at the know end that he would call them cool things. All right, Mitch. I'm just saying. Like, uh, POW. That was a cool thing. I'm just saying. It's if cool you do thing on my resume. if you're a war hero, then you come back and routinely beat the fuck out of children every day. Like I'm not gonna just give you. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying he's doing that, but I'm saying that <laughs> right, later in life he turned he turned a little bit crazy. So I don't have to. He did. Yeah, I don't have to automatically well, respect think, what he did in the past and just be like, "Well, you're fine. You get a pass for life." I don't. I think you can respect John McCain until 2008. I really do think that when he lost the election to Barack Obama, he just became bitter. Yeah, and like it shows. It showed over the last. Well, 10 he years was the big proponent just, of the piss party. Like, and I'll never forget whenever they when they released it that it was John McCain who was pushing the piss party dossier. That like he was. He looked like a scared rat in a maze trap, like trying to escape. He almost walked into a wall. If you can find that footage, it's fucking hilarious <laughs> because he looks like he's he, all he keeps saying is, I have no comment. I have no comment on the current president. I have no comment. And he like literally walks into a wall and the door doesn't open. He's like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, dude, you're a petty little yeah. bitch. Like, I don't like John McCain. Yeah, if, he if did. You can't tell. He he does look like Skeletor. Yeah. I, I'll, to be I'll fair, though, so. Donald Trump did say that he was no hero for being tortured for four years or whatever long, however long it was. So he's yeah. got reason to be bitter. I just think that he's still a bitter little bitch. Right. Yeah. Who's I now senile, yeah, apparently. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you can listen to that for yourself. So anyway, I think that pretty much wraps up the Comey thing. All, um, and again, check those comments because there is a lot of information in there. And I, like we did, we did a good amount of research mm-hmm. um, on on this topic. So definitely I didn't, make you sure did. you, you, you <laughs> well, yes, yes. I'll pat myself on the back. There you go. Ba, 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 ba. Um, yeah, no, it, but take a look at it for yourself because I think it, it's one thing to have two guys have a discussion about it or to talk about it at work and be told what was said, but there are a lot of points where I'm really glad that I actually watched it three times, mm-hmm. which was in, like dude, by the end of it, I was so done watching it. Um, <laughs> but like, I am glad that I watched it and I am glad that I fell, followed along in the transcript yeah. because there are little subtle things that I think are important and and that I think got missed. Yeah. I think one of those things is when uh, when Comey starts talking about his experiences with Donald Trump and says that like the you know I talked to the FBI leadership team, um, he he drops those names and what that does is that sets those people up to be questioned themselves. Right. So this is I don't think so we're gonna this, see any more public. And that, that's the other thing that I, I really wanted that I really wanted to point out when it came to this whole thing after it. I feel like this has turned the page when it comes to this chapter in the whole Russia thing. Like I'm watching MSNBC 
And we had the Chris Matthews moment where he was basically like, where the fuck is this going? I'm hearing a lot of Democrats say that, like, we're over. I'm seeing Democrats online saying the same thing, like Democrats that are on the Hill and, and everything. We're overreaching. There's probably no criminal activity here. We need to just look at, you know, the other aspects of it, like the Russian hacking well, involvement and, and just leave the Donald Trump part out of it because you're probably not going to find anything. And we'll see. Like I said, well, yeah, but I think we will. But I think the I think the bullshit thing, though, is that the right commonly like some something will come out, you know, mm-hmm. a story will come out. This is what happened. The right's like, well, where's your evidence? Well, first of all, this is the first time that we've talked about it in the last six hours. So you don't have a piece of evidence. And secondly, what was the last time that a piece of evidence was released in the middle of an investigation? Right. Um Never. Well, that's so, the thing about the leaks, though, is that normally we wouldn't be fucking talking about it if these guys could hold their load well, yes. and not just leak a bunch of unsubstantiated reports through anonymous sources. Now, the the, the right. memos ended up being legit, and we know that because Comey was like, "Hey, I'm the leaker, right here." So Hi, all guys. of the anonymous sources <laughs> were legit. No, you don't know uh, that. Only the only that one when it comes to the memo. <laughs> no, I know. All right, people, I thought you were serious the, for a second. I was like, "What the fuck?" No, no, no. <laughs> the, the people on YouTube saw that that little grin right there. You you must have missed that. One. I missed it. Um, Again, so, to reiterate, anyway. we don't look at each other when we're doing this. We're on a phone. <laughs> so. Right. What's funny is that you just said to reiterate, and we shot the next segment before this one. So oh, we did, yeah. We're going back in you, time. You didn't have to say that at all. No big deal. Time turners. <laughs> what are you going to do? But anything. Anyway, I think we'll uh, I think we'll wrap up Comey there. Yep. Results from Britain's high-stakes election now in, and ABC's James Longman is outside Parliament with the very latest. Good morning, James. Good morning, Amy. Yes, this was something of a disaster for Theresa May, the British Prime Minister and her Conservative Party. They still have uh, the largest party in Parliament, but they have not got a majority. Uh, Labour Party, on the other hand, have had a good night. Jeremy Corbyn calling on Theresa May to resign, but they also don't have a majority. This was a very bitterly fought election, and the Brexit campaign was front and centre because she promised that she wanted a strong and stable government going forward for those Brexit negotiations. As we have it now, she is on her way, well, she will be on her way to the palace to talk to the Queen about forming a new government, but this is a very, very uncertain time for the United Kingdom. This is an important story. We'll be here with it all day on ABC News. I just want to know two questions. What made you think that it was cool to say that? You know, I, I just... That's one question. I just explained. It, 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 there was no thought put into it. Obviously, I was telling Dr. Dyson, comedians, they react. And it was wrong, and I apologized. And, you know, I, more than that, I can't do. I accept your apology. But I still think we need to get to the root of the psyche because I think it's a lot of guys out there who cross the line because they a little too familiar or they think they too familiar or is guys that you know might have a black girlfriend or two that made them some kool-aid every now and then and they think they can cross the line and they can't you know it's a word that has been used against us it's like a knife man and you can use it as a weapon or you can use it as a tool it's been used as a weapon against us by white people and we're not gonna let that happen again by nobody because it's not cool all right 
So moving on to the speed round. Uh, obviously, something pretty massive happened going on in England, mm-hmm. which was Theresa May <laughs> had. Uh, well, she decided to have an election and completely fucked up the results. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> think it's Theresa May, man. Like, I really don't. I really like. I know you're gonna you're gonna read me some stuff. Yeah. But what? I'm popping a top on this one. Because we're about what to get I'm going to tell you right now is I really honestly think that Europe is going fundamentally away from the Marine Le Pen's, um, and uh, well, there's there's a massive amount of difference between Marine Le Pen and I, the Conservatives. I understand that, but you're watching you're watching Great Conservatives Britain. lose all over Europe this year. Um, yeah, but, but let's. And let, let's remind the audience too that conservative doesn't mean the same thing in a no, European setting than it does in an American. It absolutely setting. doesn't. Like, yeah, in England, their their guns are outlawed. The cops, even like a good percentage of cops, don't even carry guns. Um, they're very pro union, right. uh, pro European union. Like, so they're not what you think of when you think of conservative. You think of you know uh, more Republican style values, but obviously. Republicans are about the states, and England is just right. England. So, so <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really accurate. Europe that. is just—we've said it a hundred times. Europe is just more liberal than us. Period. Um, yeah. Well, they've all been in walk. Their borders have changed over so many times. They're all within you know damn near walking distance of each other. You can bap- backpack right. in Europe. So you know they're going to be more tolerant and they're going to be more you know liberal in their Bastards. thinking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but let's see. Let's break this down a little bit because it did not go her way, and she's looking a little bit foolish here. She's got some egg on her face. <laughs> oh no! So I'm gonna read this. This comes from Rudder's uh, this article. Then I've got a political article. I'm gonna kind of go into and kind of touch on here. But basically, it says uh, British Prime Minister Theresa May secured a deal on Saturday uh, to prop up her minority government by look that's looking increasingly isolated after a botched election gamble plunged Europe into crisis days before start of talks on leaving the European union. Her conservatives struck an outline deal with the Northern, uh, Ireland democratic union party or the DUP for the support dup. on key legislation. I want to be part of the dup. Yeah. I'm on the dup. It's a humiliating outcome after the election that May was intended to strengthen her ahead of the uh, Brexit push. So they had basically a House of Commons parliamentary election. In it, uh, she ended up, let's see, how many seats did they end up getting? I think it was 326. Mm -hmm. So they lost 13, or no, I'm sorry, they had 326 is how much you need to have a majority in the House of Commons. They won 318, which is 13 fewer than when they started the campaign. Um, and they were projected to just dominate when she called for the the election. I think that was nine weeks mm-hmm. ago. She was twenty points ahead. So, <laughs> and, I mean, they just got it completely and lost wrong. the and, and lost the majority. They lost mm-hmm. the majority, and you now there's a whole bunch of different parties. There's the the obviously the Ireland voted uh, about a year ago, maybe two years ago. I can't remember to stay mm-hmm. within. Uh, England, so they could have gotten out. It might end up helping her a little bit because they won ten seats. Uh, they're the Northern Ireland Democratic Union Party. So that if they align together and say we're going to vote on legislation, you know, the same as is, is both groups want to do that, 
then it would take them up to 200 or I'm sorry, 328, which would be two over the majority. So if they work together, they can kind of maybe salvage, you know, something. But other than that, she basically lost all of her bargaining chips on any type of, of deals that she can try to broker because she doesn't have anyone backing her. So she can make promises. Why do you, you know, why do you think that they lost? I mean, so like, obviously they lost, there's, there's gotta be, some some kind of reason did she do something and it I, sounds you're, you're yeah, kind it of sounds the, like uh, the, it was the just completely guy. so like i i'm just gonna yeah it, she did she mishandled mm-hmm. everything and let me let me break it down a little bit so it said uh in those short seven weeks okay so it was seven weeks uh, the conservative party and its candidate made multiple mistakes from a botched rollout of their party platform to the decision to focus on unwittable seats and overlook marginal constituencies they assumed wrongly that were well in hand Toward the end, they denied the scale of the labor surge. This failure of political intelligence and polling was compounded by the insistence on putting a candidate who was ill at ease on the trail uh, and with her media front and center throughout the campaign. The first thing that comes to mind is Hillary Clinton. It sounds like that. They didn't want to look at the right intelligence. They were focusing in the wrong areas, and they put Theresa May, who was awkward in front of the cameras, center stage. And it didn't resonate. And... There's there's one where they even came out and said it. This was pretty funny. It says, as the week wore on, the Tory campaign appeared to grow complacent. Shock polls, such as analysis by YouGov, predicted a huge parliament, uh, or predicting huge parliament published in the Times a week before the election, were dismissed by May's team. Um, one of them tweeted about the YouGov saying, we spent the day laughing at yet another stupid poll from YouGov. That poll proved accurate. <laughs> so, that sounds familiar. It, the, they just weren't taking it seriously. And it looked and also you have to remember uh, with Theresa May, so much stuff that is going on with the terrorist attacks here lately. We're seeing obviously we had Manchester the a few weeks before that. We had um, a police stabbing. Mm-hmm. Um, right after that, then we had the London Bridge incident. Right. Uh, the day after the London Bridge incident, a nurse that was walking to uh, her job was, uh, I think she was stabbed, or she was cut from like the top of her elbow to by her wrist by three women shouting uh, Alu Akbar, and what's it called? And they've decided not to look into it. Her government was like, oh, no, it's okay. We're not treating it like a terror incident. That's what? weird. <laughs> like, she's also under her... Exactly. Under her um, leadership, they have dramatically scaled back police force. Um, so all of this is kind of her comeuppance. And because of that, uh, two of her aides decided to um, step down today. And their names... Uh, let me see if I can find their names. I can't find them right now. But basically, everyone around her is getting blamed by the Tories for this, you know, horrible, the horrible way that they pretty much handled right. everything. Uh, so it looks like it was Nick Timothy and Fiona Hill. They quit Saturday following sustained criticism within the party for the campaign. Uh, Gavin Burwell was named the new chief of staff, the conservative lawmaker who lost his seat on Thursday and has experience working as a party enforcer in parliament. So this dude lost his seat, and I guess they just were like, well, you know, you've been loyal, so we're going <laughs> to go your chief of staff now. That's Doesn't convenient look good. She came out him. and did a yeah, <laughs> yeah, almost like Debbie Wasserman Schultz getting having to resign for basically cheating and then getting signed on by I, Hillary Clinton the next day. But there was no I play see that there. Correlation. No, I do. 
Oh, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, like I said, there's a lot of things like, that kind of... Like Bernie um, Sanders endorsing Hillary Clinton and simultaneously <laughs> getting a $700,000 home uh, lakefront. <laughs> Overlooking the Potomac! Right. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you're a douchebag, Bernie Sanders. Welcome to the 1%. I'm, I'm salty about Bernie Sanders. I, I haven't I, been able to I was tell. really in for that guy. Um, over the course <laughs> of the show in the 18 weeks, I have not been able to right. tell that you're salty at Bernie I'm Sanders. I'm super salty. It makes me super mad. But anyway, get, so... We're doomed! <laughs> we're doomed! So, go, <laughs> so going to Theresa May, it just I know, looks like... I know the audience hates it every time that we do that. Especially since every time that we do that, we do it... Back to back. So, like, they, not only did they hear one bad impression of Bernie Sanders, but they heard another one immediately following right. it. And we, we, do, we do solemnly apologize right. for that. Um, so it looks like she just mishandled everything. And if you look back at the EU, it was the same thing. They thought they were untouchable with the EU, and they called for a special a, uh, – um, I'm not remembering the name of it – special election um, or a referendum. They called for a referendum so on it. And a, so here's a question. What does it mean that Theresa May ha, and and is she's part of the Tories, yeah, right? The conservative group. Yeah. So right. So what does it mean now that they are no longer that they no longer have a majority? Obviously it's gonna make her her dealings with politicians mm-hmm. and parliament more difficult. But is it a possible so if a more liberal thinking government controlled parliament, is there a possibility that they don't leave the EU? Um, no. So she's still in charge. No. She is. This, she has not stepped down, even though it looks like she's on her way to. She is resuming. Like the talks are going to happen this month, the beginning of of stepping down. The referendum okay. to leave the EU won by fifty two percent of the vote. It doesn't. I know there's a. a there's some people in the UK that want to not honor it. Theresa May didn't want to honor it, but she also said that we have a we have an obligation to, and that's that's kind right. of been picked up by by other people. Nigel Nigel Farage is still very active, uh, while not in the government role, he's still very active in the activism role, and he still does a lot of talk right. shows and things like that. And you even see him quite a bit on Fox News and in the uh, in America. Uh, at Trump events and things like that. So I don't think he'd let them get away with not doing it. It would just be a shitstorm. Um, people voted for it, even if, you know, there was some talk at, at one point of having another referendum because, well, maybe people didn't really know what they were voting for. But it seems firmly they've decided we're getting out. Um, so I don't think that'll happen. Basically, what this means is that no one has a majority, so everything's fucked. <laughs> and it was described as basically at this point the UK is leaderless. There is no leadership. If Theresa It's a good place to be. Exactly. Well, that's the thing like in America we got our two party system and we hate it so often. Uh I I was watching I just finished the new season of House of Cards and I thought there was a really great uh moment in it where there's a disgruntled uh Republican and he says, "Well, I'm switching over to independent in 4 years. That's what they'll be they'll be doing." And he goes, "Oh, that's smart." Uh, third party is, I can't really say it's like third party is the future. They always say it every time too. Hmm. Like, <laughs> like it never will be. Interesting, Joe Lieberman. I didn't know you were on the show. <laughs> um, so at this point, but here, they've got no. like five different parties that are Side in tangent. there. So without a majority, no, I'm cutting. They have to. I'm cutting you off. What? 
for one second because there are a million people. And first of all, for people that are watching this on YouTube. I'm sunburned, by the way, people on YouTube. So I look really red, and it's because I've been poisoned by the sun. Well, and we can't see each other, which, by the way, the, the way that we shoot this episode, you you would think that we were looking at each we're other, not. but we're actually nope. not. Um, and so you can Just actually see me. I have, a, <laughs> I have a notebook that's off camera right now, but I have a pen that I keep waving around because I'm Italian as You're shit, waking and it, I have lie. to talk with my hands. <laughs> uh, no, it, no. Th- when you see this He's video, you'll know I'm not wanking it. <laughs> I am, I'm throwing this pen around, so I apologize for that, first of all. Secondly, there's a thousand House of Cards fans that just listened to that and <laughs> were like, man, I love that show. Let me tell you why you shouldn't. I've been to that DC station, and people don't get thrown in front of trains, okay? Like, I have a problem Are you kidding me? with the amount of... <laughs> no, I'm... No, I'm not kidding you. There's no bodies in the woods, and people aren't getting thrown in front of this. Is why I suicide people. Sorry, <laughs> right? So, um, so yeah. Sorry, I just got a little. I, I that show bugs the shit out of me. I think that show makes people in Washington feel more important than they really are. Not politicians, like the, interns yeah. and shit. Right. Um, and I also think that. Like, it has this mass following, um, and it's not a terrible show. Like, I don't hate the show. I just think, like, don't get caught up in that because that's not real DC. Are you sure? Yeah, DC is crooked. It's not murdery. It's not, it's not, spoiler alert, now I can say anything. It's not turn your car on and leave your garage shut. Are you sure? Cut their, yeah, uh, dude, come on. I'm not going to make that claim. On. I don't fucking know how their their shit goes down. I'll make that claim. People are, I'll make people that are claim. dirty, man. You can never trust them, but go right. Yeah, they're Hollywood dirty. In DC. I'm just saying, man, you can't trust anybody. But going back to the state of uh, the House of Commons, basically, no, I want to yell about HBO. <laughs> it's Netflix, yo. Basically, everybody they're like, they're, since there's no clear majority, they don't know what's going to happen. So if Theresa May comes up and wants to talk with, um, I don't know, one of these countries and says. I can promise you this. This is what our position will be. Well, no, she can't because she doesn't have anyone backing her. She's got a decent amount possibly backing her, but she's losing all the support of her own party. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen. The problem is that no one has a majority. There's nothing there that, you know, in, in some ways I like right. our system where it's, it's basically a two-party system because at least some typically i know that we rail on it now because of the damn filibuster that's so abused and just overly overly used and why Mm -hmm. i think we should go to a more british system of just majority rules that it makes more sense uh these days but at least we have in a position where someone's probably always going to be in a majority and things have a possibility of getting done i think they're in a weird realm I think we should go back to the days of duels we should just duel it out and then there's your house of cards season Right there. So that's fine. We've already got senator or congressmen fucking pile driving people and doing all kinds of crazy shit. (laughs) You got other guys talking about shooting them in the head and waiting for them when they get to their car. So yeah, that was that was we're on our way. Absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I mean it's not it's not good for the Tories at all. That, no, it's that terrible, went, and and it, and it wasn't expected either. Um, well, it's it's so, one of those things where, like, during the general election, 
I thought that Donald Trump had a much better chance than other people did. And it was because I was looking at all the polls. And CNN mm-hmm. pissed me off because they would only run the polls that made Hillary Clinton look good. And then they acted fucking surprised when it didn't go their way. And I was like, well, you guys really weren't paying attention. Right. I know your job was to pay right. attention, but you weren't. And I feel like no, kind of like the, those other polls nothing, where they're laughing at <laughs> nothing, those polls in England and they end up being right. Like, you're just not doing your job. Like, that's why people... Nothing was made that more evident with CNN than on election night when it was like 2 in the lash. morning. <laughs> it, well, it was 2 in the morning and they were still trying to cite all the ways that she could win the election. And it was clear to everybody at that point that, like, she's not pulling out. Like, I still didn't know. Like, they were were selling me because I watched it on CNN, and they were like, well, we – you got to remember that all these counties coming up of all are the populist counties, and they always go for Hillary Clinton, so she's probably going to do it. And I was like, they're fucking right. She probably is. And then, like, <laughs> an hour later, they were like, well, I mean, there's still 3% left, so... And I was like, ah, they're probably fucking right. God damn it. And then by the end right. of it, I was celebrating, but, you know? So, yeah. they, they got me. So, they got me good on that. Anyway, so I guess we'll see how that plays out in, in Britain over the next several, you know, months and however long. Uh, I'm sure that there will be there will be more to come out of that. Um, it'd be, yeah, but, it'd be interesting to see how the new... If she has to step down, how the new party reacts to Donald Trump because she has been very vocal against him, and yeah, and so has obviously the mayor of London, um, Sadiq, whatever his name is, um, right. So it'd be interesting to see where the relations go now because the UK is relying so much on American trade now that they're pulling out of the EU that they need to have good ties with us, and now that she has just botched everything from you know, left to right. Right. We'll see where this goes. This could end up being really good for us. Um, I don't know. I know the airfare yeah. is really, really cheap to London now, but you have a chance of getting run the fuck over. So I think I'll just stay here. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all right. So I think that pretty much takes care of Theresa May. Um, yep. uh, so another story that we'll probably get another good few minutes on, um, and one that's going to push a few buttons, I know, um, is actually HBO related um, <laughs> and is uh, it was obviously Bill Maher. Bill Maher said um, he dropped the N-bomb, but, which you don't do. He, he did drop he the N-bomb. He didn't just drop the N-bomb. He, he put an H in front of it. And it was like, oh, it was yeah it was bad it it was bad i mean he made he made a very inappropriate now what i do think i do think that it was handled all right i think out of the way that these situations get handled um typically it's either it's either the person doesn't do enough or they go way too far when they come back out with their statement explaining themselves. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Maher did a good job the night after um, last because this all happened last week, last yeah. Friday night when he when he dropped it. The next morning, Saturday, he came out and and apologized for it and said that he regretted it. Yeah, the Ice Cube. Which and who first who of else all was on the show? Well, first of all, keep let's stay back at last week when he came out and made that statement that he was sorry and that he regretted it and that it wasn't funny and it wasn't appropriate. That 
right there is more than most people do. Most people come out and do the the bullshit. I'm sorry you got offended. Now it's a little bit harder to do when you're dropping an <laughs> n bomb. Um, right. But but he came out. He made his apology, and HBO didn't kick him off the air. A lot of people were calling for it. So yeah. last night, um, see Friday any, night, gone. this week, <laughs> this week. That's a Don Lemon uh, joke, Mars. by the way, because Don Lemon was dropping in bombs left and right on the show, and they were like, that's fine. And then a white person oh, used it, and he? she was like, get off the that's, air. It's that not is, okay. That is true. I, I did catch that segment. That was ridiculous. Right. Um, so anyway, though, so flash forward a week to this weekend, this past weekend. Um, Bill Maher had Ice Cube on. He had uh, – who was it? Um, who's the scientist? Mitch. I don't know Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, that's the one. Um, was he actually on there? I didn't see that. He either made a statement. I think he might have been uh, maybe a call-in. I don't know. I read an article. I'm going to be controversial have, and say I don't like Neil deGrasse Tyson. That dude irritates the living shit out of me. Like he's so yeah. That's a weird. Annoying. That's a weird. Def- that's a weird fight to pick. I'm just um, saying like that dude. That dude irritates the hell out of me. But while we're but while we're speaking of fighting or fights to pick, um, I have a feeling this next bit is going to. Um, so he has Ice Cube on, and who was the correspondent from CNN? I can't remember her name. I don't um, know. But basically, he asked African um, African American celebrities to come on a show um, because and- they speak for everybody, so it's all good. Right. No, they don't. <laughs> but to have the conversation, I mean, you know. Um, it didn't look like much of a conversation. And, Basically, they gave him shit, and he ate it and was like, that's Yeah, that's fine. They, cha- they they did chastise him. Yeah. I don't know. Here's, that's his prerogative. Right, he can eat so, as much shit as he wants. I mean, that's, that's totally you know, up to him. You know my personal belief on the, on the word, and it has been since I've known you, mm-hmm. and it is that – the word is and and it, it is a bad word, but the context of the word is much more important than the word itself. Um, and I know that when we had talked before, you were upset because it does come down to like, I mean, if you think the way that you and I do, which is political all the time, like <laughs> it's a very easy it's a very easy constitutional question to answer. Is Bill Maher, a white guy, allowed to say that word? Yes, he is, mm-hmm. legally. Um, it's sad is we it have to appropriate? say that. Is it appropriate for him to... I don't think we have to say that. Here's, I think yeah. that's common knowledge. Here's, um, here's the deal. I don't, I don't like that word. I don't like when anyone uses it. I don't care what color skin you have. I don't like that word. So when I hear it, I know the history of it, and it comes off wrong it rubs me the wrong way and uh, ice cube tried to make his point which i completely disagreed with but he said that when he hears his uh his friends say it he goes it's fine it, it sounds it's it's all good but whenever i hear a white person say it i feel that venom it there's venom as- associated with it and i feel it in my back i feel like the knife's in my back and it's being twisted and, right. and then he told him that's our word where you don't get it back we have it. It's definitively ours, and I couldn't disagree more. I hate the word. I don't want anyone to use it, but I don't think anyone's got the right to tell anyone else that they can't use a word. I think I think the 
I think the context of the word is I don't even care very, the very important. Like if someone's saying it in do. a racist way, I you absolutely can say that guy's do. an asshole and he's racist, bottom line. But you right. can't say, oh, you, Here, you said the word, we're locking you up. What? No, all right, you can't so do that. Y- so you think, so your opinion, Mitch, is that no one should ever use the word ever. I personally don't like it. I don't care if you use it or if you don't. That's your prerogative. So if I am... So if I am a history professor and mm-hmm. I'm reading Civil War era documents, mm-hmm. can I use it in the context? Yeah. Like I said, I still don't like it, but I'm not going to tell you you can't use it. And if you want to sing I along think, to rap lyrics, again, I don't like it. I think, I can't, I'm I not going to tell you you can't use it. My, my personal feeling, especially in that scenario, is that when it comes to issues like that where you're quoting – Something, not necessarily rap lyrics, but if you're quoting some like newspaper article, or if you're or if you're quoting some historical event, I feel like it does actually more of a disservice to not because I think if you say if you replace the word with the term n word, mm-hmm. it takes away the impact of that word, and yeah, if you're we... trying to show that this guy in the Civil War mm-hmm. felt this way, like. Well, the Civil War it, was more than just it, slavery. It was about economies and other things like that. I understand that, but it, it's an easy time for me to pick War. out and the audience right. to understand this is – okay? So we'll, we'll go with 1950s. 1950s, during the Civil Rights Movement and the 60s and all this, like if I'm looking at writings from somebody in the South and I'm reading it, I want it to have the impact to show how bad that mentality was. So I don't want you to replace that word with the term N-word because it it lessens the impact of what story you're trying to so, tell. So, okay, I'm, um, I'm, I got Hispanic heritage in me. I don't identify as Hispanic unless I think it's funny to identify as Hispanic. Because I was born in Missouri, so I, I really don't identify with the culture as much because I have nothing to do with it. My dad watched novellas. He spoke Spanish. That's not me. So, But if mm-hmm. someone's reading some text, and my dad used to have a, uh, something that he hung on the wall, and it was a um, arrest warrant. And it was, but it was, the way that it was worded was incredibly racist. And it went on and it said, you know, uh, this, next ju- jula, this next spring the flowers will be blooming. But, and it kept going on about all these great things. And it said, but you, Jesus Manuel Rodriguez or something like that, will not see it because you are a dirty wetback who are going to hang by the neck and die. Like it was legit. And he hung it up yeah. so that we would see it. Do you think that those words should be censored, that you shouldn't be able to say those things in those contexts? I th- or do you I think, think that they are allowed con- to just say it? I think in the context, they're important words. Um, I'll say that it definitely I, had to do a lot with the impact of it when you read it because it's because it, because the point the is malice came across is, when you got to that right and that and that's the point is exposing that this is so horrible that everybody should see it we shouldn't censor this because we want the full brevity of this situation okay. to be out there so that's so let's why take I think it back to and what that's he said. why so now that's, that's the historical that's context get, let's take it back to just <laughs> the social context of a comedian making a joke. And whether you think it was funny or not, or if it offended you, I believe it was a joke. Of course it was a joke. I, I don't understand how people... I saw an argument on MSNBC today that was like, well, he wasn't... It wasn't a joke. Yes, it was. Of course it was. I I believe that it was a joke. I think that it was an unfunny joke. I think he has a right to say it, but I think that 
I am not mad at Ice Cube for feeling the way that he feels about what Bill Maher said. Well, I'm not if upset it was with him. Used, I think he's wrong, but I, I'm if it was not mad used about in it. a different, I think he's wrong fundamentally on the fact that this is our word and no one else can use it yeah, because I don't, I, don't I just like I can read the Constitution and tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> um, I I can say any word that I want. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, don't think the Constitution like, really lays the ground rule for for words other than free speech, but you know that's kind of. And yes, hate well, speech. Is, if you consider it hate speech, hate speech is is protected under the Constitution. If that it, gets, right, that's but if it's but if it's hate speech, it's going to have to come down to the context yeah. of the term. Because if I'm reading something to a college class, oh, don't be reading anything to those college classes. They'll yeah, bash you over the right. head with bike locks. That was, a, that was a that was a bad example. If I'm reading something to City Hall, um, and <laughs> You know, and like I shouldn't that shouldn't be considered a hate crime that I said right. something historical or said like I just think personally, I think that Bill Maher's joke is not a joke that I ever would have ventured to say. I think the context was bad. I think the context was racist. I think that I don't think, I don't think that he's racist. And I don't think that I think that term, the way it was used Historically, is racist. Yes. But and like I said, when it comes to Ice Cube, which is why I think it's I think. It, it can be said, like, do I think Bill Maher was joking? Yes. But I think that, like, I could see a scenario where somebody – and here's the the only problem I have with your – with your do comedians – is that contextually okay? Is I think it still depends on exactly what the joke is because I think it makes that a very easy – I think you know if you me, don't like don't it, like you just slippery, don't like the joke. You know what I mean? I don't like slippery slope arguments, but I think it makes it very easy to go, okay, well, not, it's like it's like what I told you before. Like, you can't say, no offense, but I think you're, insert offensive term here. Like, no, <laughs> well, you're allowed to be joke. offended. <laughs> that's, that's just I like, just, hey, man, I, I mean, I know that, that you're cool and all, but you do have Mexican heritage, you dirty beaner. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, I think no, you can't Bill Maher thought, I think Bill Maher thought of it as a joke. I think that it, it, I think that it was intended as a joke. I think it was a shitty, unfunny, lazy joke. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. And, I mean, that's yeah. that's me. I think that if people do, then they have the right to be right. offended. They don't have to watch a show. But I think when we start saying that it's not okay to use words, go fuck yourself. Of course it is. I don't care. It, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, it, this doesn't make any sense that you could, especially coming from Ice Cube. And let's be honest, I have nothing against Ice Cube. I love his movies. I think they're hilarious. But whenever someone who professionally uses that word every other sentence says, you're not allowed to do it. No, you I mean, don't get to I do that. I agree with you. I agree with you that he's fundamentally wrong on that point. And I would go further than you and say that, like, I I think it's mostly about context. So whereas I understand when Ice Cube goes on in that interview to say that if he if he hears white people say it like period like it it bothers him yeah it doesn't He's it doesn't bother shit, me so i get that i've seen uh, like and i've never experienced it so i can't speak to it at all I i'm completely out of my element what i can say though is that like to me the context of the word is more important than the term itself i think um, i think the bottom line here is that i'm hispanic so i've gone through some of this you're white so you have your white So privilege. I'm a racist. Yeah, so you're a racist and I win. 
But <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but when it comes to like, I'll give you an example in high school. I am not a racist, by the way. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Somebody took that. So, that is now a quote, and I just did that to myself. <laughs> so, um, I'm just saying the typical liberal argument now. Their line of thinking is that if you're white, you are born with white privilege. So whether you like it or not, you are indoctrinated into a uh, oppressive, systematic government that chooses to value you more than others so that you are inherently racist whether you like it or not and i disagree with that entirely but that's that's the line of thinking these days so i disagree with that line of thinking i also would not apply it to the majority of minorities um (laughs) i i think again i think the stories that that make it to us in, in the sense that, like, they've already made it into, like, the mainstream. Like, these are, we always talk about the vocal minority. Mm-hmm. There, I believe that 80% of people, period, overall, 80% think of people are, like, you. around empirical fucking statistics, I no think, backing. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying logically, no, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to claim that I have any statistics or I just, logically, I I really honestly believe that the majority of people in this country, whether they're political or not, are people like us who may not agree and may not see politics or life in the same terms or or under the same set of circumstances, but they're not those those radical fringe elements that there are on the right and the left. And I really do believe that that radical element is 20% of the overall population. And I, I would say that it's probably split even. Look, the I fact don't. of the matter is I think that, that, that liberals that are far the, more re- radical in their thinking these re- days than they were previously. Yeah, I don't know. I That's think what that I'm saying. The, I know the, a lot of liberals, though. I'm basically stories, the only conservative that I know. And it, I, I get a yeah, lot you're of... You're 30. Huh? You're 30. At your, like, That's 30 every years old, 30 year, <laughs> Every 30-year-old conservative is the only conservative that they know. I mean, shit, 30 years old so, is... is not young i mean you're not fresh out of high school yes it's been a while. it is very young and people are very liberal you don't get out of college until like three years ago <laughs> you're still in college so yeah. don't like yeah so no you're fucking 30 and that's where i'm going to use but it this it, episode like you're 30 <laughs> there that's why you don't you're know just assigning that everyone who's a certain age is liberal and while that i think that people, the majority of them are people who are younger typically are liberal uh, we could say some correlation with if you're dumber and, you know, I don't know, but, you know, I'm just saying that there's not that many, there's more conservatives that are younger than you think. And I don't think that everyone that's of a certain age is liberal. So. No, I don't think so either. But I think that the young people in St. Louis, keep in mind, like this is St. Louis, a city that we live in. We live way closer to the city than the country. Yep. You especially, um, yeah. you're going to know liberals like, plus the fact that the majority of the country is liberal so by population so duh um yeah that's that's touchy because like i said that's touchy for you not anybody else No, it's harder to quantify because you have to really look into the numbers there and you see like you know who's voting and, and all of that and if you look at numbers, I mean, obviously there wouldn't if the majority of people were liberal we wouldn't have conservative presidents we wouldn't have conservatives 
governorships. Well, we and, have and an electoral like college, so that takes care of that problem. Somewhat, um, yeah, it does. But again, the, typically the president wins the popular vote. It didn't happen this time, but typically conservative presidents still win the popular it vote. Didn't, it didn't happen with the last two Republicans. <laughs> hey, George so, Bush did win the second time, so just saying. Yeah, but he should have never been president. So, Oh, well, that's why old Jebby over there did his job, got him in office. Either way, <laughs> side tangent, Brandon and Mitch like to go down side roads. That's just um, where the conversation goes. I, I fundamentally, the, yeah. I, I do agree with you that that no, that no everybody has a right to say any word shy of like threatening the president or running into like a theater and shouting fire. Like I do think you should be in trouble for doing yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're a dick if, um, you do, if you do that, you're a dick. If you th- and if I you think- say something against the president, I don't have a problem with it as long as it's not an actual call to arms. Like when I, I know a couple Judd Apatow, I think was like the resistance is we must overthrow the government. Like don't fucking I say know, that. I literally, <laughs> I literally know people that I used to work with on Facebook who have made the same things, and like I don't understand how because I figured like um, <coughs> uh, the system, the governmental system, the the intelligence system could like way find shit like that like i'm i'm shocked at some of the posts that i see from some of the people on facebook i'm like dude how are you not like how are you still posting how are you not in a cell somewhere they're just keeping an Um, eye on them (laughs) right we've got about thirty thousand citizens we're just kind of you know keeping an eye on no big it is unbelievable though like we'll arrest everyone they know after they do the attack I'm a guy who is who is admittedly not very fond of Donald Trump, but I think if you threaten his life, you should either thank your lucky and I'm specifically talking to one person and if they are listening, they know who they are. Um if your if your idea of being clever is threatening the president's life, while I agree that I don't like Donald Trump, you're an idiot and you should be thankful that Nothing more serious than you being fired from a job right. has happened to you, um, and you should probably stop doing it because you a you look like a jack off, and b like it it is it should actually be taken seriously. Like mm-hmm. I don't like Donald Trump. I think that shit should be taken right. seriously. We remember all the death so, threats to Barack Obama. There was all sorts of right. these you know death threats that they were going to kill him and all this shit, and you know right. I mean that's obviously every president does that. Ronald Reagan was fucking shot, so right. <laughs> Yeah, no, this shit I, happens. Yeah. Plus the four assassinated, which we've mentioned in previous episodes. Yep. Um, so, you know, but I, I do, like, I think that, well, here's what I honestly think. I think that we both pretty much agree on... on you know, one can police the, the word. The, the perspective. I think we should also agree, too, that anybody that listens to this segment is already blowing up the comment section by the time that we get to this sentence like we people are pissed and like we get that but you know uh, we too are entitled to an opinion so right um, you can't take it from me you know right so so there's that do we have anything else for for this week no i don't think so i think that pretty much uh wraps that whole thing up i gotcha um we did uh I will say quickly because uh because man, it's so stupid and I'll post a link to it and we're not even gonna we won't discuss this as a topic whatsoever. So real quick, I'm just gonna tell Bill Cosby that when you're in the middle of uh when you're in the middle of a rape allegation case, 
as you're leaving the courtroom. I don't know that it's a good judgment call to bust out your Fat Albert to a group of people outside and do your, hey, hey, hey. Like, are you, are you serious, dude? Like, she was just crying for like seven hours and you're doing, uh, what the hell was that, man? I wouldn't um, lecture a guy on judgment who's accused of raping like 40 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm assuming yeah, they have bad like, judgment. That's like 40 people too many. Um <laughs> So yeah, that's that's unbelievable. So yeah, I guess we'll we'll go ahead and leave it there. Don't don't forget that we are taking the next couple of weeks off. Um, we're gonna be actually, doing some music. Um, good morning, good morning. We are gonna be like the page. We are gonna be doing some music. Yep. Um, and I did I did want to get in. Uh, just just one more thing before we before we start going through the whole spiel sign off that you're also fond of the sign off that we screw up at, that I screw up every single week. Um. <laughs> I promised that I would do this, so I guess we'll go ahead and we'll just talk about assholes that post fake news um, on on Facebook Hashtag without CNN. without yeah without no. Here's the thing: very fake news. I, if you if you post a story on Facebook that is from CNN or Fox or even Breitbart, I'm going to be like, all right. That's a biased article. When you post something from like Blogspot or Conservatives are Better Than Liberals dot com, um, <laughs> and and the title of it is is literally anything, I'm already going to question yeah. it. Yeah. So I see all the liberal when side, it happens, when I see like liberals for justice, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm not listening to that. Right. So um, so I have to tease. I have to tease this week because. I know some people who do that, and um, and they know who they are too. So Matt, here's your shout out. Stop doing that, bro. Um, <laughs> it's not cool, man. And I, and we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about Dracula fish today. So um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I just wanted to give Matt a shout out because I promised him that I would. Um, so thanks for subscribing, Matt. Um, otherwise, you can also subscribe. To, to all our other listeners not named Matt. I know a few of you feel special <laughs> right now, but um, you can also subscribe. Uh, check out check out the Facebook page, Twitter account. Um, like we said, we are, we are taking a two-week break, um, and we'll be back recording the first weekend of July. So yep. the first Tuesday of July, I think, is the third. Um, we should have episode 19 on, yep. its, on its way to you. Um, so, right, and yes. Now? I thought this was like episode 16 or something. You're crazy, dog. This is 18. Jesus um, so, but we're so yeah, some time Before, off. We're going to do some, uh, we're going to look into some production. Um, we're going to try to upgrade a couple things. We're going to try to consolidate <laughs> a couple other things. So hopefully we're going to be coming back uh, stronger and better than ever. We're also going to take a yeah. short break to do music. Cause like I said a little Which, bit earlier, uh, we do also do music. We like to sing and like yeah, to we do. strum those little guitars. In fact, in fact, before we started the the show, we that's what we were doing. We were recording music. Um, we've been playing music together for a long time. Mm-hmm. Got back into the recording habit, and then uh, this kind of just birthed itself because it kind of it made sense to us. Yep. So, but as a result of editing and producing and all the all the stuff that you don't get to typically see or hear about, uh, it takes up a lot of time. We haven't we haven't been able to do it, any of that. So mm-hmm. we're gonna get back to recording some songs. You can check out 
our our little project. It's called Good Morning, Good Morning. You can check us out. We have a Facebook page um, and a SoundCloud yep. account. Um, and our two pretty faces are on there too. So you should, <laughs> you should, well, our pretty faces aren't on the Facebook page. So you don't even know what we look like unless you're watching these videos. Right. So, um, so iTunes, that's people, part of the production the, that we're going to be working on. Get we're going to get a few different get things the shit going over here. to YouTube. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, the links to the topics discussed, of course, are listed in the comment section below. Um, you know, we will be back in July. So hopefully you uh, you enjoy the next the next two weeks. And I'm sure that that first episode is going to be a doozy. We'll probably have a big, big, long one for you. Oh, yeah. That's that was some innuendo right there. <laughs> and that's that's how we'll leave it for the week. So, of course, now here's your alternative fact of the week. Thanks. All right. So real quick before the alternative fact of the week, I want to jump back in and make a correction to the show. Um, so I, I made an error this week in the Bill Maher segment, and I claimed that Neil deGrasse Tyson was on the show this past weekend. That was actually incorrect. Um, the person that he was talking to was Michael Eric Dyson. Before you go down a road where I'm a racist for mixing up two African-American gentlemen, um, consider the fact that their names are actually kind of similar, and I didn't watch the show. I read articles on it. So anyway, before I go on a two-week vacation from the show... I'm not just going to leave that hanging. I know how that looks. So anyway, there's your correction. And now your alternative fact of the week. Well, at least in the minds of this member, there's a whole lot of questions remaining about what went on, particularly considering the fact that, as you mentioned, it's a, quote, big deal as to what went on during the campaign. So I'm glad you concluded that part of the investigation, but I... I I think that the American people have a whole lot of questions out there, particularly since you just emphasized the role that Russia played. And obviously, she was a candidate for president at the time, so she was clearly involved in this whole situation where fake news, uh, as you just described it, big deal, uh, took place. And, uh, you, you're going to have to help me out here. In other words, we're complete the investigation of anything that former Secretary Clinton had to do with the campaign is over and we don't have to worry about it anymore? With respect to Secretary, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little confused, Senator.